So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, on Monday, it's the anniversary of the table knife being invented. On Tuesday, we explain how the tradition of the two-minute silence originated in Cape Town. On Wednesday, we recall the day King George III proved he was assassin-proof. On Thursday, let's all eat cake. It's Marie Antoinette's wedding. And on Friday, we discover how Buffalo Bill helped invent the Wild West. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes each weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This season of For F1's Sake is brought to you by Carfection. Yes! Carfection on YouTube is the place to go for anyone who loves cars that are fast, expensive, luxurious, or just plain cool. Yes! Yes, yes! And don't forget, Carfection features the best looking car content anywhere online. Yes! Yes! Visit youtube.com forward slash perfection now. Yes! Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the second best podcast in history, according to Amazon Web Services. The best podcast in history is Heike Kovalainen. <laughs> Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the Sebastian Vettel of F1 podcast, but the 2020 Sebastian Vettel rather than the good one from years ago. But what rank would Vettel be in 2020 compared to years ago? I think he should be on that list twice. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, qualifying at the back of the Indy 500 since 2015. We're not going to do it next year. I am. <laughs> Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that makes the Spanish Grand Prix look exciting. I mean, that might be true. Well, I, if I were you, I'd just skip to the end of the podcast now. <laughs> Hello, I am Chica, the 11th best Formula One driver in history, according to AWS. And today from Cyberspace, we are going to talk about the Spanish Grand Prix. Everyone was shocked as it turned out that no, Max Verstappen isn't now the favourite for the championship, but he'll still come second because Bottas is Bottas and Hamilton won, obviously. Bit of a snooze fest, but we'll talk about the Barcelona boredom and the new Concord agreement and look forward to a weekend where we don't have an F1 race for a change. That is all to come. Joining me is a man who will be going out, out, out. It is Phil Tromans. Hello, everyone. Yes, I'm going to go to the pub in like two weeks. I've booked it and everything. Since lockdown started, whenever it was, 2017, I've not I've not been anywhere. I've not been out. I've been to a shop once and I went to the butchers and I went to the booze shop a couple of times. I've, never, I've not been to a pub since like February. I was going to say, is this the lifestyle of a, a new dad or is it the lifestyle of a of someone living through a pandemic? Can I just check though? Chica, how often mm. have you been to the pub? Quite a few times, I'll be honest. Yeah, me too. <laughs> just trying <laughs> to gauge the room yeah. there. I can't imagine yeah. why the curve hasn't been flattened uh, in London. It's so, it's so flat I, I in London. I think it has. Yeah. yeah it's I, probably going up again now, isn't it? Alongside him is a man who does not have coronavirus then. It is Terry Saunders. I do not for sure have it. As oh. of Sunday. Oh, do you have a test? Because uh, on Saturday I thought I did. Oh. Uh, what were your symptoms, please? Very tired. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Nico Hulkenberg was in your house. Yeah. A bit hot, but obviously it was quite it was quite muggy. <laughs> <laughs> and, thought, and I thought I lost my sense of taste. 
it turns out the bolognese I'd cooked was really bland. <laughs> <laughs> but I did have to go around the cupboards like licking spices and go, oh, fine. Chica, have you got I mean, what have you been up to? I have put my flat on the market. Oh, wait, hang oh. on. The one that you uh, share with uh, the future Mr. Chica? Uh, yeah. You know, just seeing, seeing what happens. So the person comes and takes the photos of the flat. Yeah. And so over the weekend, I shoved everything I own into the wardrobes. Uh, and so it looks like I live in a very minimal place where there's not much clutter. Anyway, the photos came up and she had photoshopped a blue sky and she'd stretched out the flat wow. so that it looks enormous. So like fish you can, tell it's, you can tell it's stretched because my plants look like mutants. <laughs> So I have this really wide flat with sky what? that is luminous. You wow. mean estate agents aren't always telling the truth? What? Have, they, have you seen the description that they've come up with? Have they described your flat? Oh, that was the best Because everywhere you've ever lived has been a former factory of some sort, hasn't it? Well, this one's a, a dog biscuit factory. That's right. They, call, they called it a biscuit factory because I think they probably decided that dog biscuit factory. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so it's time for the best corner in Formula One, and that is Listener's Corner, at least according to AWS. What the hell are we talking about? Well, AWS is Amazon's cloud computing and machine learning service and an official partner of F1. And this week, it uses considerable electronic brain to crunch all of the data and decide once and for all who the fastest F1 drivers ever were. And the top 10 is as follows. Terry? Great, okay, well... uh. I've not actually read this list yet, so uh, let's see what happens. Um, okay, in first place, right? Everyone's favourite driver, Ayrton Senna. Good, right? Second place. Okay, yep. Everyone's favourite German driver of all time. It's Michael Schumacher. Liking this list so far. In third place, beloved of races, it's Lewis Hamilton. You know, controversial, but I think that's pretty good. What do you reckon? Yeah, there's a bit good of room for debate within there, but they're, they're all pretty solid choices. Quite predictable. Right. What's next? Fourth place, everyone's second favourite Verstappen, Max. Yeah, okay. Fifth place... It's our favourite Kimoa salesman. That's Fernando Alonso. I wonder if he'll drop after this weekend. Sixth place. Um, it's blank for some reason. Can you read that? No. That just looks like a weird collection of letters. That doesn't mm. spell anything. Anyway, that's odd. Um, I mean, that's yeah, Alonso, fair enough. Verstappen, yeah, he's very good. It's quite, it's quite, it's quite high up considering he's quite young. But um, no prost. Mm. So hey, far, it's an but... algorithm. When when has an algorithm ever got anything wrong? No, fair enough. Looking at you, exam results. Okay, um, seventh place, Ferrari's current number one driver is Charles Leclerc. And in eighth place, it's Heike Kovalainen. Yeah, I found nothing wrong with that. Best finished driver of all time. Yeah, I would say that's fair enough. Okay. Think about think about the top finished drivers. In ninth place, it's Jarno Trulli. Yeah. And in tenth place, with just four world titles, it's Ferrari number two, in every sense of the word, Sebastian Vettel. I mean, that's ridiculous. What's he doing in the top ten? I mean, yeah. That's what about just... Nigel? Where's Nigel Mansell? It's a weird one, isn't it? Let's just play devil's advocate for a second. In fairness to AWS, this is meant to be the fastest F1 drivers over a single lap since 1983. So, so not all time. So no. when they say it's the fastest drivers of all time, they mean the fastest drivers from 1983. Over a which, single lap. Which they happen to be doing a couple of weeks after... They're banging on about how Formula One's been going for 70 years. But by the way, <laughs> April before 1983, they were shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Celebrating 37 years of fast laps. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, some of them, you can say fair enough. Senna, fine. Schumacher, fine. Hamilton, fine. Verstappen, yeah, probably fine. Alonso, fine. 
the sixth place guy I've never heard of. Bit odd. Charles Leclerc. It's a bit early, isn't it? Mm, very early. Um, this is like. Do you remember in the year two thousand when everyone went Millennium crazy? that they did a poll for the best song of all time, the best song of the millennia, which went right back to kind of classical music. And I think Angels by Robbie Williams won, because it was number one like a few weeks before. Yeah, the high kick over line of pop music. No, not even like, no, no. It's the Charlie Cloak of pop music, you see? Because there's a lot of drivers at Charlie Cloak's level that we've forgotten about. High kick over line maybe one. Um, Mika Salo. Stoffel Van Dorn. Stoffel Van Dorn. These people, if the if it came out then, they'd be on the list. There's a lot of current drivers on this list, which worries me. Yeah, and there's some past drivers who shouldn't be on this list. Like Heike, so, I mean, Heike Kovalainen. No Hakkinen. No, no Raikkonen even. So what I think they've done is they've the algorithm has been quite clever in going. Okay, well, if you're if Lewis Hamilton is one of the best drivers of all time, and you're his teammate, and he beats you all the time then therefore you must be one of the second best drivers of all time <laughs> therefore you get on the list <laughs> this is That's like when they try and work out the logic of whether that woman's a witch in Monty Python and the Holy Grail <laughs> I could go blind in the yellow trolley you know fine they're fine drivers where's Mansell where's Prost where's I mean even louder even though he's passed his prime by then PK you know where are all but these also, drivers who are regularly smashing in wins part of the methodology was it was over a single lap and they removed wet races or wet qualifying because that was an anomaly and it fucks up the data. You're like, were... Yeah, fucks up the data because that's when really good drivers <laughs> show how good they are. Because the computer might get wet. What? I put this on Twitter, but um, around about 2009, I was on a top 10 list of top comedians in the UK by timeout. Wow. No. Nine. I was number nine on the list. <gasps> Number 10 was Lee Evans. And that night when it came out, I was off to a gig above a pub where I was going to get paid 80 quid and I had to get the bus to the O2 where Lee Evans was playing. <laughs> and the reason I got that, it wasn't an algorithm, it was because it was a read-a-vote thing and no one was a vote. So I put a thing out on Twitter saying vote for me. But, you know, it's about the same methodology. It's like, I reckon Heike Kovalainen has been going crazy on Twitter going, everybody, uh, vote for me on the algorithm. <laughs> So that's enough of that. Let's uh, let's see what else listeners have been talking about this week. Uh, oh, it's the Spanish Grand Prix. It is a track that you guys all love. Adam Forward said, Dump Catalonia. It is a snooze fest of a track every year. Nick Peppel says, Spain, like Monaco, is a track where if you've seen the quali, then you've seen the finishing results. The circuit is great for testing, but I'd almost rather watch Valencia again than this circuit. Colin Wilkes says the highlight of the Spanish F1 was the upside down picture of the driver banner. And Phil McWilliams said the only interesting thing about the Spanish Grand Prix was Sainz and Norris jizzing milk all over each other in the pre-race build-up. What was this? Did anyone see this? It was a whole feature that they showed on the pre-race, which was Johnny Herbert being a groomer. Got <laughs> got the, they, were, they drove around in a McLaren round a track. And I saw that. They were asking questions. Then the next part of it was they both got in a... 4x4 SUV some kind of car and the passenger had a Tupperware tub full of milk and then they had to do a slalom course and they just ruined the car and it was very everyone found it very funny I thought it was a waste of milk and (laughs) I can only imagine what that car is going to smell like I thought Formula 1 was about being more eco-friendly these days not stinky cheese 
Yeah, why milk? But the bit isn't where they jizz each other off. No, isn't it? Doesn't Norris love milk or something? That's his thing, isn't it? I don't know. Is it? He doesn't drink. There's a thing. It's something with him and milk. Maybe it is jizz. Maybe I've missed all the porn. <laughs> it's his only fans. Bizarre. Yeah. Uh, I also didn't see the upside down driver banner picture. Did, I've, I've clearly not been paying attention, or I fell asleep mm. halfway through and didn't realise. Well, I don't want to sound like I'm ignorant and didn't see it either, but I'm going to guess that there was a driver banner that was upside down. <laughs> classic F1. Um, <laughs> it's not, it's, it wasn't a classic race, was it? Isn't it? I mean, has there ever been a classic race at Barcelona? I'm trying to remember. And I can't that remember one with Freddie Mercury. <laughs> Such a beautiful horizon. Uh, there was the one where the two Mercedes crashed into each other. Oh, yeah, actually. No, there was the, the MotoGP race, race that was good there. The pre race build up. They only talked about the, when Ros. Oh, fuck, I said his name. The pre race build up. They only <laughs> talked about when Hamilton and that other guy crashed into each other. Because like, over that, that, right, that circuit's been there since like 1950 or something. And there's only once that anything good has happened. It, well, in that Formula was just one, good. Yeah. That was great. It was, was great. Yeah. Actually, just a just a quick word on uh, on that guy who we'd never heard of and don't mention, mm. um, who was a pundit on Sky this weekend. He was actually really good. I thought he was really oh. good. I mean, he was, he was really good. He dressed like a man who'd always lived in Monaco, but he, the insight he gave was actually pretty good. He's like a sort of he's he's the new he's he's a sort of poor man's. Uh, well, no, he's a very rich man's Jolyon Palmer. But what I don't get is what's happened, because he did some punditry the year after he quit, and he was terrible. Yeah. So I know he's got a YouTube channel where he talks through how to race around a fucking track, but he's been being coached somewhere. Someone's been coaching him. He didn't just get good. I reckon Jack Nichols has been up his ass. Oh, wow. I mean, I thought he'd just been coaching him, but who knows? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> something to, the phrase something to ask him over the, uh, over the Christmas episode. He won't I'm need sure. to be come on our Christmas episode if he's, if he's training up you-know-who. I had a message this week from somebody who said, I've been listening for two years and every time you beep out somebody's name, I never know who you're talking about. What's that all about? <laughs> and I had to explain the backstory. And I'm actually wondering if the joke has got to be... Nico fucking... Nico fucking... <laughs> we don't Trish fucking beep. like him. I don't fucking like him. So we stopped mentioning him and now he's been retired for four years. It's like not mentioning a dead person. It's like, a, don't you mention that name in this ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. So admit, admit Hamilton winning just for a change Valtteri Bottas didn't come second again despite having the best car in the field uh, we'll get into why shortly but in the meantime Tristan Clayton says most seasons spent as teammate to the eventual drivers champion isn't a great record to have so Barrichello is probably looking forward to Bottas taking that one over soon Doug E. Harper says Bottas is in the best car, yet race after race, year after year, he has a late pit stop that excites the commentary team and those of us watching. Graphics flash up showing us which lap he will catch up the car in front and how there'll be battle to the finish. Then race after fucking race, the commentary team show their surprise and disappointment that he hardly caught up at all. Someone tell him it's called racing. Michael Morgan says, if someone thinks Bottas is in the championship, I'm going to go to the nearest Renault garage every Sunday to protest. And Lewis F. Queso says, I imagine that Bottas is doing exactly what Mercedes want him to do. He's doing enough to contribute to winning the Constructors' Championship without crashing into Hamilton. He's not meant to win races, just score maximum points across the season for the team and avoid drama. Yeah, but the thing is, he's not scoring maximum points. He's getting beaten <laughs> by Max Verstappen, which is... Just confusing because that Mercedes is so good, and yet Bottas isn't shit. Is Verstappen actually just fucking mega? Is that what I, th- it is? I think? He, I, think I think he he's is. Mega. I think I'm he's starting. in the top tier. Mm. I don't I think, think he's as good as Hamilton, but he's he's pretty close behind. 
I'd rate him at like fourth of the all-time best drivers list since 1983. <laughs> <Honestly>. <laughs> I would. I mean, I think Louis or Lewis has, has pretty much nailed the Bottas position there. Did you see the, the interviews with him post-race? He looks like a broken man. I think him and Vettel should get together and just have like a hug session. Maybe a bit of a hand they job. Start, just... They should start a new back of the field team. Well, no, they should just have a little kind of. I just imagine they'll have hand like... job. <laughs> I was going to say um, moonlit dinner or something together and talk about what, right. you know how it could have been, but hand job's fine. That's because you're, you're a millennial. I'm, I'm of the age now where it's just like, right, we're going to do this. Let's just go with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's weird, isn't it? I mean, is. Is Verstappen that much better than Bottas that that he can beat him in a car? I don't. I can't even get my head around this. The the mass of this. But is, then it gets the, more confusing because then you look at Albon and Gasly as well and yeah. go, well, actually, is the Red Bull a shit car or an average car? But Verstappen is so good, yeah, that he can out quite like is the graph of all those levels is insane because you oh. kind of go, well, hang on a minute. Because Formula One, Formula One is very complicated, isn't it? If only there was some way of quantifying it into a kind of list form. <laughs> yes, that that would solve this debate once and for all. Uh, Maybe at the end of every race, we should see what order they finish. <laughs> <laughs> so, another news: Is Valtteri Bottas racist, or is he just against overalls? The greatest Finnish racing driver ever, according to AWS, says that this season's racism beating black Mercedes overalls were too hot for him in sunny Spain and caused him to lose three kilograms in weight. But did they also cause him to lose the race? Well, first thing I'll say is I thought by the end of the race, he looked fabulous. <laughs> and... He's not He's not overweight, all right? He's just body confident. He is a bit chunky, to be fair. Like, he's quite oh, a stocky I think because I think he's just wide. I think he's big boned. He's like yeah, David Coulthard's yeah. Lego head. But that was that was pre Black Mercedes overalls. Yeah, no. we didn't see him naked afterwards. Him and Vettel would enjoyed their time after. <laughs> I mean, I think he's just understood something about oppression and suppression. What you know, having having a harder time because of the color of your overalls. Yep. Do you think he used it as an excuse, or do you, do you think he just didn't realize that it just was really he's hot? Fishing. Fishing for reasons that he can't beat Lewis. Next week he'll he'll finish the race and he'll just go, oh yeah, I only come third because let me just unzip and he'll, he'll have like a wooden vest underneath and went, oh god, was I wearing this? Oh my god, that'd be why. I would definitely have won if I wasn't wearing this whole wooden Victorian swimming costume. <laughs> that sounds like something Mercedes would do for another anniversary and cause them to lose the race. Brilliant. So could another long lost track be making a comeback this year? After various track popped up on the calendar that would have been unheard of pre-pandemic, it now looks like Turkey could be on the way back. Istanbul Park hasn't hosted a race since 2011, but with visits to Vietnam now looking a bit shaky, negotiations have continued in Turkey for a possible race late in the year. Turkey. Turn eight. Turn eight. Isn't it? Oh, the Red Bulls crashing into each other. The other things that happened there. God, was that 2000? Was that but 2000? I know. I, I, had to, I had to double check that, and apologies if I've still got it wrong. But um, it doesn't seem that long ago. But yeah, apparently it was nine years ago since we've been there. Why haven't they hosted a race there since? Any reason? Uh, money, probably. Mm-hmm. Bernie Eccleston yeah. money. I can't remember. What's the track like? It's got turn eight. Turn eight's good. Everyone bangs on about turn eight. It's yeah, the it's, uh, big, it's a big turn. Big old turn. 
Whoa. Oh, they... it's the eighth one. Oh, it is the yeah. eighth one. Although yeah. on the AWS <laughs> list, it's actually seventh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd be quite, I'd be quite intrigued to see them go back there. I mean, I can't actually remember any races there apart from that one where Weber and uh, Vettel crashed into each other. So, and finally, it was the deadline for the new Concord Agreement this week, which forms the roadmap for the future of the sport between 2021 and 2025 and requires all of the teams, commercial rights holder, and the FIA to agree on it. So did they? Ha! Of course not. Wait, hang on. This says they did agree. All of them. That doesn't sound right. Mercedes were all banging on last week going, we're not going to sign it, we're not going to sign it. Ferrari never agreed to anything because that's basically what they do. And they've just got together yeah apparently suddenly all these stories gone yeah they've all signed it's fine i don't know why i don't know Mm. i mean they've all got money i don't know exactly what it uh consists of i don't think they've announced yet if they have i couldn't find it but there's been various people who should probably know say that essentially ferrari have still got their veto on f1 regulations and a bit of extra money for being ferrari the engine manufacturers four of them get a bit of extra money but apart from that, every, generally everything's a little bit more even. Like it's not quite so much like the guys at the top get everything and the guys at the bottom go bankrupt. Mm-hmm. Is my twenty twenty one to twenty twenty five doesn't sound very long. Normally the Concord agreements were like ten, fifteen years, weren't they? Well, maybe that's how they got them to sign it. Oh, that was well, Bernie, that's... wasn't it? He was like, "Sign this, or I'll have your kneecaps." He's got a lot of kneecaps. <laughs> yeah, he's got a necklace made of kneecaps. Oh. oh. <laughs> Right. I, I don't think we can comment much more on this until we actually know what it means, but just the fact that they've agreed it is <laughs> news in itself. Because Oh, you're about the Concord Agreement. I thought, I thought you were talking about knees still. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at For F1's Sake or find us on Facebook where we're For F1's Sake or email us at wrong at ff1s.com. What did we do to deserve this? That is what I said when I looked at PayPal and discovered how much beer money we had this week. We have a big thank you to say to Anthony Mumford. Don't say it. I was actually going to say I'm not going to say it. I was actually going to say I'm not going to say anything about his name. But now you've made me say something about his name. And I'm not going to say it because he's the one that got angry about me saying something about his name. So I'm not saying anything about his name. He's given us money. Thank you, Anthony. He's a repeat donator, repeat offender. And we're very grateful. Mark Healer. Healer. Blue Healers. That's what there's, there's an Australian cop show. Jesus. Was a healer? Oh, yeah. Gee, actual Jesus. Thank you, Mark. Jesus. James Kerrigan. Nancy Sounds. Kerrigan. No, that way that sounds <laughs> don't, a bit... Don't just call people Nancy. You can't do that anymore. <laughs> Jesus Jesus Kerrigan, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, James. Thank you for the money. Paul Hinton. No. No. Not saying it. Not doing it. All right. Thank Not you, Paul. Again. I wonder if they... Are they only donating because they like the joke? Oh, fuck. Well, Mumford and Sons are shit, and you said I'm the guy from Beautiful South. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. Felipe Diaz. Oh, he was all way, almost world champion in 2008. That Felipe Diaz, that sounds like the sort of name you'd see on Formula 3 or something. Yeah. Thank you, Felipe. Yeah. If you're a Formula 3 driver, much appreciated. Ranjan Mukherjee. Ranjan. Ranjan's been on before because his name sounds like a little bit like Ram Jam, who did uh, the song Black Betty, which is very good. What was the thing that motivated you to buy the beer? Well, maybe it was all the lovely reviews we got this week. Hey! This catchy name, 864FGN, says, Five stars, read my name out and say something nice about me, or I reduce this to a one star. I mean, well, we- 864FGN, <laughs> I think you're the best <laughs> Wi-Fi protocol there is. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Fuggan. 
Tim Renler says the best anti-racist pro-vaccine podcast about F1. Dare I say the Lando Norris of F1 podcasts. Oh, I like the way I like the way it's an anti-racist pro-vaccine podcast about F1. Yeah, like I mean, the F1's a bit on the side. We're obviously not the the best anti-racist pro-vaccine podcast. I mean, there's plenty of others, despite what AWS says. Stroll's rich friend says brilliant comedy throughout, and I'm now going back through the years. Oh, you can see how we've how we've evolved over time. We used to do it in the pub back yeah. when pubs were a thing. You can write a review for us on Apple Podcasts or if you can buy us a beer, you can do so at... Any pub that me and Chico are at or the pub that Phil will be at from nine o'clock in about three <laughs> weeks' time in Hayward's Heath. Or go to ff1s.com forward slash pint, pint, pint. But now you can't, you've got to do it through an app <laughs> and you've got to leave your number before you walk in. <laughs> it's time for the teams and let's start if we must with mercedes mercedes walk the race again with a stunning want what wait somehow bottas was third what happened Bottas happened but what, what did happen though because he had, he had a, a shit start, start and that was and the then end you of can't that. you can't overtake in yeah, spain he could mm. just about overtake stroll and couldn't overtake just happen and that was the end of that. Hamilton they was... Did, they did a light last-minute tyre change, didn't they? So that he got fastest lap. Yeah, because he was never so going to catch. it wasn't all bad. Yeah, it was mostly bad, though. But, um, but the thing is, obviously, if we were a better podcast, I'd have the quote ready. But he basically <laughs> said something on the lines of, you know, he's starting to realise he might not win this year. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's just dawning on him that <laughs> maybe he's not going to beat Hamilton for the fourth year in a row. It's like, yeah... And also, so a couple of weeks ago, he signed an extra year at Mercedes. And that was probably when he still had the kind of sportsman mentality of, I might win this year, and then I'll go on for another year at Mercedes. But now, signing another year of this must just be fucking hell, mustn't it? Mm. Like I can't even imagine, to be honest. To, to be in that position where you've got the best car, you've done 95% of what you need to do in F1, which is to get into the best car, which is more than most drivers ever ma- manage. And if you don't get in the best car, let's face it, you're not going to be a world champion. And he's done that. And unfortunately, he's next to Lewis Hamilton. Because don't forget, before this, he was driving at Williams and we always went, oh, he's good. He, he could be good in a good car, like George Russell. But yeah. Now, I mean, you know, he's, I know we rip on him, but, you know, when he's on his day, he can beat Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And he has. First race of the season, he came back in, he was like, yes. And but- to be honest, most times, even qualifying, he qualifies very close to someone yeah. who's deemed as being the third best driver in the world, according <laughs> to AWS. Since 1983. <laughs> so, so, yeah, um, he's good. Not great, though. Yeah, yeah but he's just no Hamilton, and he never will be. Nope. Hamilton, by the way, was pretty damn good this weekend. I know it was boring yeah. to watch, but he was, what, 20-something seconds up the road? From he Verstappen? didn't even know the race was over. <laughs> yeah. At the end of it, he went, it was at the last lap, and it wasn't paying attention. You <laughs> cocky little shit. <laughs> that is like Lewis Hamilton of old. It's like, oh, sorry, did the race start? Oh. <laughs> Oh, I was just practicing. Oh, did I still beat you? Oh, sorry. Uh. <laughs> Red Bull. Is Max Verstappen amazing? Or is the Red Bull total dog shit? It can't be both. Red Bull's all right. It's the second best car. Max Verstappen is amazing. Is it the, the second best car, though? Yes. Because Albon would in- indicate it's not the second best car. It's the it's second the best car best. with Verstappen in it. No, but I does would Verstappen argue... Does Verstappen transcend... Go on. Yeah. I would argue that... Albon's relationship with his team 
is the problem. It's a problem, but he's also the fact that look, he can't drive the car. He's starting to look quite mopey, isn't he? Yeah. I think what? he should join Vettel and Bottas. That may get a little threesome. Bit of MMM action. No, uh, it, it is the second best car. It's just quite tricky to get the best out of, and only Verstappen can do it at the moment. No, but is it quite tricky to get the best out of, or is it impossible to get the best out of, meaning that Verstappen is amazing? Because Gasly, as proven in this year, he's doing pretty fucking well in a shit yeah. car. Like, if Gasly had never been near the Red Bull, we'd be saying this year, fucking hell, Gasly should be up on a top team because he's getting he's getting results that you shouldn't get out of the Alpha Tauri. And yet, in the Red Bull, he was dog shit. And yet, Albon was also dog shit in the Red Bull. I think that Max Verstappen is a weird driver. Well, you think he's actually, like, beyond amazing and the car's actually terrible. The car's actually yes. Williams' level of awful. Or he's not amazing, but he's hoodwinked the team into thinking he's amazing because he keeps getting all these amazing results. But actually, he's shit. But by the sheer chance of it, the Red Bull is just the same kind of shit as he is, which means he's doing really well. Put him yeah. in a Mercedes, he'd be dog shit. All right. Yeah, fine. Why not? But either way, he's doing well. He's just, he's Bless him. pulling a, further ahead of uh, Bottas in the championship. Albon is still not good enough. How can Verstappen um, be second in the championship? That's just not possible. <laughs> and Bottas has won a race, remember? <laughs> Mind you, so is Verstappen. True. Racing point. Perez came home from isolation and immediately out-qualified Stroll to prove to Big Daddy L that he belongs at Aston Martin next year. But then he got a five-place penalty for ignoring blue flags and finished behind Lance. Whoops. Perez, back again with his tyre-saving antics. Mm. Are we, we glad to see him? Do we miss uh, Do we miss the Hulk? Hulky yeah. Hulkenberg? <sighs> I, I just don't Perez. really... I don't care for any of them. Why not? Why not? Just Hulkenberg and Perez have both been around for so long. I've realised I just don't care. Like all this kind of, whoa, Hulkenberg's back. He's going to get his podium. Oh, he's not going to start one race. He's going to finish like seventh in the next one. Oh, Perez is back. He's going to, oh, he's just going to finish with shit. Hulkenberg and Perez sound like a pair of, of sort of supporting characters in a New York police drama. Agreed. And they should be the ones to go. I think we need new talent. But there's, it's, this happens constantly in Formula One. There's just a few drivers lagging around for too long. They should both go. How old is Paris? He's like 24. Oh, he's <laughs> no. past it. No, he's probably, he's what? I would say he's, he's in his, his late 30s. 20s, early 30s, maybe. I'd say he's 32. Are you looking it up? Yep. All right. So Sergio old. Perez. I'm going to say he's 30. Oh, it's not, on the, it's not on the abstract. I've got to go into the Wikipedia page. He's 30. Get him. He is 10 years and 11 days younger than me. Wow. Chica's age. Get Chica in. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, you do it. Uh, Lance Stroll finished behind Perez in the race but also beat him in the race because of Perez's uh, penalty which suggests well he definitely wasn't that far behind him he finished in fourth I think that's really good I was impressed with well he finished drive. in fifth but he got fourth yeah sorry he finished in yeah because Still, Perez was drive. a bad boy yeah, better than right. Vettel yes talking of which Ferrari Vettel hates Ferrari now and Ferrari hates him Meanwhile, his little brother Charles is allowed to ride in the car without his seatbelt. It's not fair. What do you think of this? Ooh. <laughs> right. The Leclerc thing. Mm-hmm. So he's going around the corner. He, the, the, I think the official explanation was he hit a curb and it knocked the electronics out. And then his, basically his rear wheels locked and he did an old spin. Mm-hmm. And then he managed to get it going again. But by the time he got it going, <laughs> and weirdly not driven 
into the pits because he'd he'd spun before the pits like he could have just driven pretty much straight into the pits from where he'd had the incident instead he did another lap but he'd already hunt on his seatbelts and that strikes me as incredibly illegal yeah you'd think that would be a rule flouting thing i mean not just rule flouting i mean i mean that seems like really like that surely that's like race ban levels of are you insane? Or, You're driving around the track in a Formula One car during a Grand Prix without your seatbelts on. Or breaking the law. Maybe Spanish law should be like, he's driving a car without a seatbelt. <laughs> he should get at least three points on he's his license. T- I mean, he's turning into the bad boy of F1 between this and breaking his coronavirus bubble. I told you last year, look, just listen to me. I said, keep an eye on him, he's a little shit. And look what's happening. <laughs> just saying. Um, yeah. That's but a weird right, one. Yeah. Why isn't he getting a bunch of shit no, for As that? far as I can tell, there's been... He's like Boris Johnson. Mm. He, is, he is the Boris Johnson of Formula One. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Um, uh, but Fettel, actually... Not not bad for him. Not bad, and it's still seventh. Yeah, but the team great, but... also, A, the car's shit, B, he's mm. got no confidence, and C, the team, as far as I could tell, tried to fuck him over. Mm. Like, did you, did you hear the goings-on? So they basically said push now because you know you know actually before before that in qualifying apparently there was no radio from sebastian veil at all to the point where they thought his radio broke it they went is your radio broken he went no it's still working oh again my word oh no hang on was that last week that That was was the story you told me last week (laughs) yeah yeah that (laughs) (laughs) that's the kind of attention to detail that people subscribe for and give us five star reviews anyway so basically Vettel's team, told, Vettel engineer said, right, push now, push now. Basically, you know, use up your tyres, come in and get some new tyres. And then like three laps later of him pushing really hard on his soft tyres said, uh, do you reckon you could make these tyres last to the end? To which Vettel said, lost it. oh, for fuck's sake. I literally asked you about that before. And then they had a very awkward conversation. But in fairness to Vettel, he said, right, I'll give it a go. And he somehow managed to do 40 odd laps on the soft tyres and brought it home in seventh, which is probably much higher than he deserved to be. And according to AWS, he was the 17th best driver of the day. <laughs> this joke is not getting old. Nope. McLaren! Carlos Sainz held up McLaren's honour as they desperately clung on to their slightly diminishing pace, finishing in sixth, while last lap Lando had a bit of a meh race and scraped a point in 10th. They started off looking very promising, didn't they? Podium. Yeah. Mm. But, well, podium by Barcelona, No. Well, probably before Barcelona, in fairness, but but now we're at Barcelona. No, but it was Barcelona 2016. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Incidentally, you can still buy that T-shirt at uh, ff1s.com/shop, shop, shop. Uh, I mean, science did all right. Yeah, Norris, he's going to have to up his game if we're going to keep putting him on that pedestal. But yeah, I fear they're they're losing at the moment. There. Hang on, ripping. when that bloke said that we're the Lando Norris of podcast, does he mean we start off well and then slowly fade out? I think that's probably fair enough. Yeah, fair. Renault! Renault had their big boss in for the race, so obviously they were a bit shit. Who was their big boss that was in? It's the new boss of Renault, Renault. Not like a beatable, but the boss of Renault, Mr. Renault. Johnny Renault. Monsieur Renault. (laughs) Mr. French name Renault. Jean Jean Renault from the movie Leon. It was Papa. (laughs) (laughs) Ask your parents. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they they are well and truly losing the uh, midfield battle, aren't they? Not having a good one at the moment. I saw an interview with Ocon. I'd forgotten what he looked like. I was like, who's that guy? Oh, that's that driver. Didn't... He's surprisingly tall. 
And Still, not, it's not helping them, is it? No, it doesn't seem to be. In terms of the race, though, anything you want to say about Renault? Nope, they were rubbish. Alpha Tauri. Gasly is making Albon look a bit like Gasly. They can never meet or the space-time continuum will collapse. <laughs> Gasly in an Alpha Tauri, really good. Gasly in a Red Bull, eh. Albon in an Alpha Tauri, really good. Albon in a Red Bull, eh, not so much. Yeah. Kvyat in an Alpha Tauri, not so good. Kvyat in a Red Bull, not so good. Although he did, Kvyat did get podium. Ah, uh, oh, but that was back in the days when anyone could get a podium. Yeah, I mean, Kvyat also got a five-second penalty for ignoring blue flags. Started 12th, finished 12th. Gasly I'm, got... I'm not going to make my state of F1 about it, but maybe they should make those blue flags a bit bigger. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, talking of flags, so it didn't. it wasn't this race, it was a couple of weeks ago, but fuck it, there's so many races, it doesn't matter. Grosjean got a black and white flag for unsportsmanlike behaviour for like I forget why he was weaving under braking wasn't he he was weaving like a loom weaver and the caption said he'd been given a black and white flag I don't think they've actually got a black and white flag <laughs> the marshals just don't bring the black and white flag so they just say the words this is a black and white flag which I, I mean, think is they, quite philosophical do they even need flags anymore I mean they've all got the screens they can just flash up the flags on their screens yeah, but they've you got need the screens around the track as well. The screens break. Yeah, I suppose they should have, but they should have little flags in the cars. What just pops up on the dashboard? <laughs> yeah, like, not dash- like those old-fashioned <laughs> indicators. <laughs> or like you know, what the like a wobbly sunflower on the dashboard. It's like oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> the yellow one's amazing. wobbling. I've got to slow down to be prepared to stop. Yeah, mm. yeah, they should do that. Williams, Williams continue to improve largely because it is impossible for them to get worse. Even Nicholas Latifi managed to beat Grosjean and Russell overtook the Haas twice. Just rub it in. Netflix will be loving it. I mean, you know, bit by bit. They did all right. They yeah. great. A bit of shit. Latifi could beat Grosjean, but Russell's still much better than him. Yes. Uh... Grosjean was drunk. That's the only explanation for a race when he got overtaken twice by Williams. Hit Giovinazzi, did a big drift that knackered his tyres, pitted to end up last, tried to get fastest lap and failed. This has got to be his last year. Get Hulkenberg in the car so I can moan about him coming back. Oh, I should just <laughs> give up anyway. Just what's the fucking... All that money. I mean... Yeah. You know, we've all done it in our lives. We've worked in a job where, you know, fundamentally the job is pointless and maybe the company's pointless. And that's what I feel about Haas. All the engineers turn up and go, what's the fucking point? Why work for a racing team that can't race? What's the point? They're in a bit of a trough. How much longer are they going to stick around, do you reckon? Mm, a couple of years? I reckon they'll do next year. No improvement year next year? They'll do next year because it's a kind of freebie, isn't it? Because they don't have to drink mm. into the car. I reckon they'll pull out or sell the team before 22. I suppose it depends how how good they think their new car will be because it's going to be that weird thing where they're always going to be like, oh, we've got the new car. We might have. We might Everyone have. thinks their new car is going to be good. They can't <laughs> all Haas come third. Form. But they but can't Haas all come third. being good at that. Haas, when they yeah. brought their new car in the first time, they were really good. Yeah, every team is going like, a Renault will go like, well, next year we're going to be like third. And then Williams like, well, next year we're going to be third. And it's like, well, they can't all be fucking third. <laughs> I, reckon, I reckon they'll hang on till 2022 in the new car. But if the new car is not good, Gene will pull the plug. Alfa Romeo. Look, Alfa are rubbish, but they are still just about better than Williams. And for the moment, not the worst Ferrari team. But that could end up being a Group C battle later on in the season. Kimi even got through the Q2. 
I mean, that was a quite impressive, actually. Kimi got into Q2. Mm. Yeah. But also, he's a world champion. What the fuck is he doing? Yeah, <laughs> he should exactly. go as well. Yeah, but, he's, yeah, but he's, he's one of those world champions, isn't he? He's one but of those champion. bit shit. Yeah, the world was, champion that finished in 14th. He was one of those world champions that, that has a world championship, but you were, everybody who knows the first thing about F1 goes, yeah. All their ducks ended up in a row, and they managed to sort of trundle it over the finish line. But Ah, the inverse Bottas. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, that's what Bottas wishes he could do. Oh, but, he'd um, love to fluke a championship, wouldn't he? Oh, he'd, uh, he wants to be... But he hasn't got the mental fortitude to be able to do it. Um, and Raikkonen is so far past it. He's cheese at this point. All of which takes us to the standings with Terry Saunders. I'm happy to announce that even though this year we're in a massive recession, there's been a pandemic, we've got Carfection as a sponsor. Now, with this, this week only, AWS have agreed to sponsor <laughs> the standings with Terry Saunders. Although now it's the standings with um, Jeff Michelson for some reason. It's the algorithm. Don't know why. Um so we've gone through the system and we've we've worked out that <laughs> I can't even make this bullshit because it sounds real. They've gone through this year's drivers and they've worked out who of all time, where would they be in the championship this year by using this year's results compared to all of the drivers since 1983. If they were in this year's championship, who would be where? Okay. Yep. Simple. Yeah. So leading the championship, obviously, is Heike Kovalainen. <laughs> Second place is my mate Darren. Third place is a bottle of Sainsbury's Taste of Difference wine. Fourth place is Ayrton Senna from 1995 onwards. Oh, Terry. Uh, fifth place is Pierluigi Martini. Sixth is Thierry Bootson. Seventh is Dick and Dom. Eighth is Heike Kovalainen again. Ninth is Romain Grosjean. Controversial. Tenth is Pastor Maldonado. Eleventh is Ralph Schumacher. Twelfth is Michael Schumacher. Thirteenth is Mick Schumacher. Fourteenth is the Schumacher Levy Comet. Fifteenth is an actual shoemaker. And sixteenth is Rolf Harris. And in 17th place, with one point, is Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> Makes about as much sense. Okay, and then, the fastest Formula One car of all time with the same algorithm. Number one is that Tesla in space, which actually <laughs> probably is the fastest car. That's probably whizzing around at thousands of miles an hour, isn't it? I would have thought so. Second place is Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Third place is the 1989 Onyx. In fourth place is my granddad's car. Fifth place is this year's Ferrari. Sixth place is Lewis Hamilton. He's not a car. Seventh place, a Morrison's trolley as seen in my Carfection video. Eighth place, the eighth fastest car is Rolf Harris. And ninth, I don't know why it's funny. And in ninth place is Thunderbird 2. And now it's the moment you have all been waiting for. It is Man of the Match of Driving. Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen. And now it's time for the State of F1 with Terry Saunders. Spain, I love you, but come the fuck on. In a year of such utter pandemic-based turmoil, you can't end a seven-week run of six races with that piece of shit race. We know you can't overtake at that circuit, and we know you have to preserve your tyres to get the ultimate stint, but Christ, it's dull. I know you're doing your best, being a circuit and doing a race and all, but enough is enough. 
I've been locked in my flat for six months and somehow you think it's acceptable to stick me indoors and make me watch that. Sometimes races are boring, yes, but not every race can be a drama from start to finish, yes, but surely the minimum viable product is for something to happen, anything. But the problem is, once a boring race starts, there's really very little anyone can do. Well, don't worry, I have a solution. We've all discussed things like reverse grids and sprinklers and things, but we need some fresh thinking in Formula 1. So here's my list of top 10 ideas to enliven a boring race. 1. An important call. The engineer comes on the radio (laughs) and tells the driver that their mother, father, wife or child is on the phone. Sorry to bother you during the race, but they said it was important. Then when they get through, all the driver can hear is a dial tone. So he spends the rest of his race freaking out. Make him go quicker. It'll overtake then, won't he? Second, drink driving. The drinks bottle is replaced with vodka or a sponsor-appropriate beverage. Third place, joker tyre. At random, during the race weekend, Pirelli supplies two sets of joker tyres. One is in the softest possible but also durable compound and will even get Grosjean in the lead and the other explodes after half a lap. Fourth, the Ferrari-style veto. Other teams can veto the cars in the lead once per season. Both the cars of that team have to drive to the pit to wait for everyone to drive by. Fifth, five even, (laughs) five, E, five, (laughs) errs on the side of caution. Drivers can choose a 200% boost, but their teammate has to go without. DRS open. Make DRS more interesting by mandating that if a driver fails the easy overtake, then they have to complete the lap with the flap open. Seventh, (laughs) car-to-car radio. As featured in my Carfection video, the drivers can speak to each other and trash talk. Eighth, film segments. Now that the graphics can have little videos on the leaderboard on the side... Let's go crazy with that. If the race is really dull, maybe the drivers can film sketches about topical subjects. Or they could include my Carfection videos. That'd be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> Nine, mid-race livery change. Like having a point for fastest lap, cars get up for a mid-race livery spruce to get the point for snazziest car. <laughs> and ten, don't race at shit tracks. <laughs> I mean, I think of all of them, number ten is the least likely to happen. Yeah, true. That was the State of F1 brought to you this season by Carfection. And Terry, you promised us a new video, and yet... I made it on my own, shall we say. I had to go into the park on a Sunday morning and record myself looking like a dick, and I made it. And um, yeah, it's not going up yet. I think it'll go out this week. It will happen. It's all about um, data. It's very exciting. So you can find The State of F1 right now at youtube.com forward slash carfection and stick around to discover the best looking car content anywhere online that is youtube.com forward slash carfection now that is it from us it is goodbye to phil tromans goodbye we haven't had time to talk in any detail about uh, fernando alonso at indy who has qualified this year but right at the back for the indy 500 and to phil tromans goodbye we haven't had time to talk (laughs) i'm going to the pub in september Fine. And to Terry Saunders. Well, it's fine because we haven't had time to talk about. I'm going to be on Miss Apex on Sunday. Are you? Yeah. Hey. No. Yeah. Judas. Yeah. So <laughs> wow. I'm done with you lot. They're finally out right. me. I'm done with you lot. So this are, is the last you bring, FF1S. What are you bringing to their party? Snark. It'll be okay. like anything with me. Once I get on the video call with them, I won't be cocky at all. I'll just be really polite and nice. And they'll be like, oh, I thought you were going to be a bit rude. And I'll be like, oh, no, you're really nice, actually. It's fun. And we've got two guests this week. We've got Terry Saunders from For Formula One's Sake and Julian Palmer. Like they could have him. <laughs> Fucking hell, come on, get real. We had Nigel no, Mansell. 
We did, didn't we? Do you remember we the did. start of this podcast and we had Nigel Mansell on and we thought yeah. this is only going to get better. We have not, be- we have not bettered Nigel yeah. Mansell in for, five For newer years. listeners, this is not a joke. We genuinely had Nigel Mansell on the podcast. Mm, yeah. Oh, it was a long time ago. We'll be back in two weeks to discuss the Belgian Grand Prix. But in the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1's sake and follow us on Twitter at for F1's sake. Terry, where can people buy merch? ff1s.com forward slash shop, shop, shop. And you can buy for F1's sake masks. Yes. At ff1s.com forward slash mask, mask, mask. Thanks for listening. See you in a fortnight. I've been Chigress. Goodbye. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network. So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, on Monday, it's the anniversary of the table knife being invented. On Tuesday, we explain how the tradition of the two-minute silence originated in Cape Town. On Wednesday, we recall the day King George III proved he was assassin-proof. On Thursday, let's all eat cake. It's Marie Antoinette's wedding. And on Friday, we discover how Buffalo Bill helped invent the Wild West. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes each weekday, wherever you get your podcasts.